Hey guys, how's it going? This is Christian. Just coming to you a bit before the episode starts here. Uh, I just wanted to let you know as kind of a disclaimer that there is a bit of controversial topic that goes on here. And most of this episode after the news, which it really starts picking up at the news uh, towards the end of that, is uh, going to be a debate between and, and more of just a conversation between me and the live chat. So if it seems like every once in a while, it seems like I'm, I'm either talking to nothing or I, uh, I tried to go through as best as I can to find any instances where I either didn't find... Like specifically say what the comment was to try to clarify that as much as possible. But uh, overall, I felt like it was a pretty easy to pick up on conversation. I usually read what they were saying before I went ahead and started responding to their comment. So like I said, just wanted to let you know in advance. I think overall, it's really great stuff. I would probably change a few things that I said, but overall, everything that I said is factually true, whether or not I agree with some of the comments I made, but particularly towards one event where I think I was a little cold. But regardless, you know, I think, again, factually, it is correct. So hope you enjoy the show. I won't keep you guys any longer. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Christian with Liberty After Dark, and today we are talking about the news. I hope uh, you guys have all had a fantastic day up to this point, whether you just woke up in the morning and decided to turn this on, or whether you're here live in the chat audience. Uh, so yeah, so we don't have any like grand, over-the-top topics to go over today. No nap, no nothing like that, so that's to totally fine. However, what I will say, so we have quite a few different news stories to go over. So we're going to sort of pseudo rapid fire through some news stuff. Oh, hey, what's up, man? We're going to rapid fire through some news topics. And if we get to anything in the chat that you feel like spending a little bit more time on, uh, you can go ahead and bring it up. But this is really just going to kind of be like a refresher week. What's been happening? Why is that important? And we're going to be going over lighter over some things people think should take more time. And we're going to be going more into some lighter things that people may not have normally put so much time into. But you'll see what I mean as we keep going. Uh, first things first, I feel like I need to make some kind of commentary on Jeffrey Epstein. I've been getting emails, especially since I wasn't able to do the show in the midweek. I've been getting emails about like, oh, whoa, did you see this? Yes, I've seen it. I've, I've read pretty much everything. And I'll be honest with you, um, there isn't much for me to say. That hasn't already been said. And that's not as like a cop out. Like a oh you know you don't want to make it. No no I, I don't care about that. The, my issue is is that I don't. You know no, my, there's a conspiracy, conspiracy theory side of me. That really just wants to run crazy with this idea. That like. And make a lot of assumptions that make sense. But I don't have anything to support it with. So something like Epstein was murdered. Makes sense. I don't have anything to corroborate that. Uh, something like all the people who went to his island and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to the Portland riots later. You know, the jet, all that. You know, these are all things that everybody has pretty much heard about by this point, if you care at all about this kind of stuff. And I don't, I really don't have anything to add. And that may, that may disappoint some people, but I don't think that there are plenty of people who are making the speculations plenty of people driving up the drums and not that i care about epstein i i legitimately think deep down that not only was he a terrible human being who molested children that he facilitated a lot of people doing so i don't know who i don't know what's real i i, I can't know what's real honestly i'm not close enough to all of this to know 
what's real, what's fake, what's a fabrication. So, yeah, exactly. We we need more facts and less speculation. Well, we, the, we're not going to get more facts because Epstein's dead. So, uh, unfortunately, we have one of two things. One, we have to hope that some massive stuff breaks over the next few years, I guess. Two, well, three things. Two, that they somehow manage to appeal to continue the investigation, which I think is unlikely. And three, the third one would be, I guess, that uh, he doesn't die in the first place. So, <laughs> I don't know if our whatever, but that's... That's pretty much our three options. So, um, yeah, whatever. All right. So let's let's just get that out of the way. Second major news thing that's been going on that I don't think has gotten enough coverage that I think has been glazed over way too much is this Hong Kong protest. Like, despite what your particular flavor of freedom-loving human being you are, if you watch the show consistently. You have to understand that, like, these are basically the only people on planet Earth fighting for, like, actual freedom right now. Um, that's obviously, that's a stretch. There are people all over the planet. But, you know, as far as, like, oh, I'm fighting for my freedom. Like, they are literally wrestling for control over their lives from commie China. And that, that they need... They, you know, they don't just need tots and prayers. There's tots and prayers all around the freaking world. They need actual support. I don't know of a means to support them. I wish I did. I wish I knew of a means of directly supporting them. So in my lack of ability to do so, I will continue to talk about them because they don't get talked about enough either. A lot of people mention them, but I don't think people really understand the gravity of what is happening over there. Um... This is important not only for Hong Kong, but for other branches of China or not branches of China, like Taiwan, places like that, where they are like these bastions of democracy inside of this absolutely totalitarian communist hellscape. So it's, yeah, and, and China's not happy about either of those places. In fact, China still considers, if, if you didn't know this, they still consider Taiwan a part of China. Taiwan does not consider Taiwan a part of China, by the way. Uh, unlike Hong Kong, who does consider themselves still part of China. I don't know if that's just to save face, or if they actually really do consider themselves that. But I'm pretty sure it's just to piss off China less. Um, but still, you know, we we have a very interesting situation on our hands and one that could end in a lot of people getting hurt for honestly the right reasons protecting their freedoms but they shouldn't have to in the first place which i guess makes them immediately wrong reasons so they're doing the right thing i hope they don't get hurt is basically what i'm trying to say and yeah uh, there's a, a variety of people running different groups inside of that movement, but they all are st pretty much the same thing. Pro-democracy, pro-Second Amendment, anti-China, anti-communist, anti-police, anti-authoritarian structures. Um, and they have a chance to build something really beautiful out of this. Uh, there's also a good chance that this will get very 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 bad and 
like for example, they're talking about hosting a uh, a crowd or a rally on the 18th, which would be they're they're doing it today, uh, or I'm assuming so. I'm assuming this is in Chinese time because that would make sense, right? Um, they they were talking about hosting a rally uh, Sunday night, which would be today for China or technique or it could also be tomorrow depending on if they are doing the rally on monday actually and and this is talking about u.s sunday don't know whatever uh in a bid to show the city's leaders that the protest movement remains defiant despite increasingly stark warnings from beijing uh the 10 weeks of demonstration have plunged the international finance hub into crisis and uh communist ruled mainland china has taken an increasingly hardline tone including labeling more violent protesters as terrorists this is actually a little outdated they said terrorists like like the actual you know basically their version of homeland security has just called the terrorists just called them terrorists that that whole protest movement are now terrorists it's if you're associated with it you're associating with terrorists so uh yeah I mean, and this has all been escalating. Everybody remembers Tuesday when they blocked off the airport and the the violence that broke out during that. Um, if most people have probably seen the video of the officer being assaulted by the uh, the crowd of people after he tackled the woman. Um, it's you know, I mean, it, it is a powder keg over there. Uh, there's a teacher's rally. There's a, teachers are on strike too, uh, thousands of them. So, I mean, this is, this is tearing Hong Kong apart, but for totally the right reasons. So I hope that, you know, share, sh this is one of those little things where we talk about like spreading the word, like everybody expects typical, like libertarian stuff from most of us, I'm assuming on Facebook or something like that. Share something about Hong Kong. Uh, and I'm not, not talking thoughts and prayers. Educate people. Be like, hey, this is happening. I know the news doesn't care and they talk about it like once a week and maybe for a few hours in a news cycle because it doesn't really pull. Talk about these things. These things matter. Uh, this is important. And I hope that people can. Yeah, I hope that I hope that people can look at this and feel inspired to even even in Hong Kong's China. There is this underlying love of the idea of liberty, whether they choose democracy, which is the least free kind of freedom. But hey, we'll we'll take it, I guess. It's better than communism. Um, but yeah, it's this is all, you know, this all started over the whole extradition treaty that they wanted with Hong Kong to deport people to China. But that's not going to happen. Either that, that before that happens, a lot of people are going to die. Let me just put it that way. And one more thing about China that I thought was crazy. This, uh, in, in Toronto, Canada, these people were trying to put together a pro Hong Kong support. A large Chinese majority of people were trying to put together this, this protest basically, or it's more of like a rally, but they called it a protest. And, it was they're protesting China and Z trying to basically take over Hong Kong's autonomy at this point. 
so just to read this real quick, because I thought this was just crazy when I saw it. A few hundred people gathered outside the old city hall on Saturday afternoon with the intention of marching around the uh, Eaton Center in solidarity, solidarity with protesters in Hong Kong. Uh, who are in their 10th week of advocating for an extradition bill being withdrawn. The bill would allow residents to be extradited. Uh, okay, yeah, we already know all this. Already talked about it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, so this is one of the ladies from Toronto. Uh, Gloria Fung, one of the organizers of the march and uh, president of the Canada-Hong Kong Link, said that when they arrived at the city hall, they were met by members of a pro-China-backed group who was chanting One China and was blocking protesters from leaving the area. Despite their lack of a permit, police refused to defuse the crowd, and they continued to harass, block, and annoy the group. That is insane, guys. That is crazy. A pro-China-backed group in Canada. Okay. All right. Richard says uh, that's where capitalism succeeds. In America, they don't have lasting protests because they're uh, conditioned to sit in front of a TV with the, with the air on. Protests take sacrifice and very few Americans will. I think that has to get bad enough, Richard. I've talked about this before, but I think a lot of people will sit down and roll over and take a lot until... There's like trigger points. And I think I think if you get an American off of his couch to go out and protest and fight for something, you might have you might have messed up, honestly. Um like for example, I say if they ban AR fifteens just federally, they're just done. Just no more fair AR fifteens. No transfer, sale, we're coming to get them. Um yeah, that is that is crazy. Um That'll be something that gets people out of their doors or keeps them in their doors for as long as possible. So, yeah. I'm for AR-15, but that won't happen. Well, we'll see, I guess, at this rate. We'll see. <clears throat> for some... Remember Boston. Yeah. Yeah, but that's Boston, though. Come on. Come on, let's get real. <laughs> They're not as tough as they say they are. So, talking about AR-15s... Uh, Beto O'Rourke actually was visiting Arkansas doing, you know, his rallies and whatnot, talking to people, trying to have a legitimate chance of becoming president, which I think is funny. And um, I think there's a couple of Democrats that have a really good chance of becoming president. He's not one of them. Uh, White House hopeful Beto O'Rourke visits Arkansas gun show on Saturday to talk with firearms owners and vendors about solutions to tackle gun violence, which basically means lecture gun owners on why they're bad people is what this came down to. <clears throat> the visit comes one day after O'Rourke released a plan proposing a state of uh, gun control reforms and two weeks after the mass shooting uh, in El Paso where Beto O'Rourke was representative. So Richard here is talking about Boston still. They locked the whole city down and kicked people out of their homes to uh, do searches for the bomber. How many of them stood against it with their AR-15s? So, Richard, the issue is, is that, yes, uh, of course they don't have the right to do so. I mean, they have to have a warrant and stuff like that. Most of them didn't. Um, they would have been completely right to choose not to. But either A, people didn't know their rights and complied out of, like, fear or something. B, they refused and the police kicked their door in, in which case that's a constitutional level violation. And then, yeah. They said, you have no rights and we will go where we want. Yeah. Well, okay. So 
maybe in Boston they said, okay, well then you guys could just come in. Don't hurt me, please. But I don't, I just don't see something like that happening where I'm from, to be completely honest with you. This is, I come from, do you have a freaking warrant territory? And if you don't get off my property, uh, so they can do it anywhere. But yeah, but see, but they can't though, but they can. Yes, the strong man can push open any door, right? But they can't. So you're not going to win against the police force. Okay, that's fine. Defend yourself. I mean, you can hold that opinion. You can think that you'll never win against the police and, and cave to them. But don't, you know, defend yourself in whatever possibility. They don't let you group and then die. Defend your rights, man. That's what I'll say to that. I mean, if it honestly, like... If this is how if this is how you feel about this issue specifically, then I mean, why? I mean, you might as well just go ahead and turn your guns in already, because obviously you don't have the right to defend yourself, so <laughs> or your rights, because if you're just gonna get killed and die anyways, and that's rights are an illusion. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and press. <laughs> We've talked about this before, so Trump suspends CNN and analysis. Damn, got my head all scrambled. Uh, Trump suspends the CNN analyst's credentials and another shot at the press. The Trump administration has fired another shot in its war at the U.S. press, suspending uh, the credential of Brian Karam, White House correspondent for Playboy and an analyst for CNN. The 30-day revocation was announced on Friday and echoes hugely controversial actions taken against CNN's Jim Acosta in November 2018. <clears throat> Acosta, a frequent irritation to Trump, has had his past taken away from the administration, claimed he used inappropriate force in resisting an intern's attempt to take a microphone from him during a news conference. Uh, Karam had his past suspended after an altercation with Breitbart reporter and former Trump aide Sebastian Gorka in the White House Rose Garden in July around a social media summit convened by Trump and attended by some of the most ardent supporters both men attracted criticism for their behavior. Uh, there's pushing, shoving, blah, 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 all that crazy nonsense. And he's totally biased, first off. Like, he hasn't revoked the credentials from a single right-wing news outlet, which, if you're going to do something like this, you need to be fair about it, at least, uh, and hold people to the same standards. So I think it's, I think it's, I think it's horseshit that he continuously targets left-leaning news reporters now think whatever you want about media i think most media on the left and the right is garbage uh for example this story is from the guardian they're trash 99 of the time they're trash but yeah he's i mean i don't know if he's trying to like hedge his own bets or if he just doesn't care at this point and he's just trying to uh i don't know run away with uh his power to do things like this but I mean, this is like, so Jim Acosta was before this, but there was actually more people involved in like, you know, being told like, you just, you just can't come in um, and not, not necessarily having their stuff revoked, which I'm not going to claim that these are first amendment issues. They're really not first amendment issues. They can send another person. That's not the problem. Uh, it would be a first amendment issue if like an entire news website wasn't allowed in for some esoteric reason. This, however, I will say is just petty. Like most things that Donald Trump does, can we just be honest here? It's petty. 
extremely petty. So, yeah, that's a thing. I felt like bringing that up. Um, oh, I never finished talking about Beta O'Rourke, did I? Uh, oh, well, whatever. We'll just wrap this one up. Basically, he went to this gun show. He was talking to all these gun owners and asking questions like, oh, what do you guys think we should do And listening to gun owners? Well, there's a Facebook post that came out from somebody who was there with Beto O'Rourke at the gun show. And he was like, apparently he was at least feigning to be a little bit receptive to what they were saying. And like, oh, okay, this is, wow, that's crazy. You know, I never thought about that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, then if you go on his Twitter and Facebook from when he was at that event, it's literally just like, oh, I'm going to ban this. I'm going to ban that. Look at this. I'm banning this gun. I'm going to ban that gun. Also, he, his, his people took pictures with individuals who were trying to have a, like a legitimate gun conversation with him and put commentary that was very inappropriate for what he was doing. Yeah. So his quote, his quote unquote famous quote uh, I'm confident that if at this moment we do not wake up from this threat, then we as a country will die in our sleep. Ugh, just rip my bleeding heart out, why don't you? Um, yeah, obviously, like these, these, that's a completely preposterous idea. We talked about this in the NAP episode, which was last week. But uh, you have three rights, and your right is to defend them. Your, your ability to defend them is intrinsic, so... Stand on a table or stand for nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is an interesting... This is a interesting thing kind of talking about what, what's going on with that nap episode last week. And it says, A jury found a grocery store clerk of killing a 17-year-old Memphis boy who ran out of the store with a beer he didn't pay for in a case that has... Oh, sorry. Yeah, they found him guilty of killing a 17-year-old after killing a... Uh, 17 year old boy who ran out of his store with a beer, $2 worth of beer or whatever, uh, in a case that has sparked protests. <clears throat> Anwar Gahalazi was convicted of second degree murder after a four day trial. Four day trial deliberating over this. <clears throat> the defendant took it upon himself to be the judge, jury, and executioner over a $2 beer, prosecutors said. So this right here is like peak bullshittery. Peak playing on the heartstrings. So I, I, I don't even remember what state this was already. I'm already so pissed off. Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. If someone comes into your store and steals a bag of chips, I'm not saying you have to kill them over it, but I'm saying protect your property. Maintain consistency. At least, you know... I, maybe you maybe he thought he took more of it. Hmm? Maybe he thought he took more. Do you not have the right to defend your property with up to lethal force? That is excessive. Sure, you can. I don't. Mm, I don't know if it's excessive. Are you sure the only thing he took was a beer? Really? Pull a gun and hold them or shoot them in the foot? You can't shoot people in the foot. That's maiming them. That is consistently one of the ways to get yourself in a lot of fucking trouble. You can't do that. Pulling a gun out and holding them, maybe, but if they're already out the door, or if they're about to. First off, let's put it this way. Stealing a $2 bear is stupid. If you can't shoot without killing, you shouldn't have to kill. What happens when you kill them? They die. I mean, I, I don't... 
I, I don't understand. Like, if, if you're in a situation where you can hold somebody at gunpoint, then you're defending one of your three rights. Life, liberty, property. In this case, it's property. Property rights are one of the most fundamental rights, the baseline for pretty much everything that we go off of when we talk about ethics and politics on this show. Property rights are king in most cases. So when somebody steals from you, you have a right to defend your property. They made the choice to steal from you. I agree, but that's not how it works. That is a, okay, we're I don't care what the legal system is. I care about what the ethical answer to this is. And not moral answer, but the ethically consistent answer is, right? So you may think it's immoral to shoot this kid, and that's fine. That's up to you to decide that. But what is ethically consistent is that he, they, yeah, they found him guilty of second degree murder. And I'm saying that's horse shit. That's what I'm saying. I don't care what, what this legal system, this jury of his peers decided based off of this. I'm just trying to keep people on this side of the glass. Um, not when it means that you can't defend your property. Like, what are you just supposed to, you're supposed to let the dude run out your door? I mean, whatever. Family mourns. Why did this happen to my son? Because your son stole shit. That's why it happened. So this is the kind of stuff right here where like, yeah, I mean, Nightmare's right. Don't take people's shit. I, I don't understand why this is even a controversial topic. Like, is it a tragedy? Is it a tragedy? Sure, 100%. I could see that. A 17-year-old kid made a horrible decision and died for it. Tragedy. I'm sure he wouldn't do it if he knew he was going to go in there and die over a $2 bill. I'm sure he wouldn't. But that just shows you that there was... <laughs> There was no reason for him to be doing this in the first place. And somewhere along the line, somebody failed this kid. Um, and I don't think it was the man defending his property. So let me put it this way. If someone kicks your door in and steals a $2 soda from your fridge and runs away, are you going to like ask him how, many, how much the value of the product he stole was before you shoot him? I mean, that's, that's, that's extremely analogous, actually. That's that man's business. He's the owner, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sorry. He's one of the managers. He doesn't own the building. But it says here that the owner supports his actions and helps pay for his court fees. When I was 17, I went to jail for a 99-cent air freshener. Did you steal it? Because that's, that's pretty stupid of you, and you should have at least gone to jail for stealing it because that's property. What someone transgresses you, it's up to you to morally and intensely uh, judge a moral outcome. And I'm glad I wasn't shot. I'm glad you weren't shot too. But what is super important to understand here is that the value doesn't matter. What matters, I mean, it does to an extent, okay? I'm probably not going to shoot a kid over a $2 bill. But if we're to maintain ethical consistency here, someone's stealing your property, like you don't have all this information, right? So we talk about this all the time when we talk about interjecting inside of a nap uh, violation. So you see someone getting the shit beat out of them and you go over and, you know, start beating the shit out of the other guy. Well, it turns out that guy was beating up someone who tried to rob him. And now you're beating up the guy who's getting robbed. So <laughs> what's the value of a human life, even a misguided one? I'm probably the wrong person to ask this question because <laughs> I believe it's a, it's a, it's a moving scale. 
And uh, the more stupid stuff you do, like violate people's rights, the lower that gets in comparison to the other thing. I see this as a poverty issue causing gun issues. Sure, maybe. Maybe it was a poverty issue, but I have a very hard time believing they couldn't scrap up $2 washing windows or something. Now, granted, they're 17. They couldn't buy the beer to begin with. I wish I could say I didn't agree. It's a scale. I mean, sure, nobody likes to say that, right? I get, I get shit all the time when I say that. Um, but I really just don't believe that all people at all times are perfectly equal to each other in, as far as, like, value. I, I, I think that's a preposterous statement built off of everybody's a winner mentalities. How can we help people in poverty? Um, I agree that it is, but at some point we have to grow. I don't quite know what you mean by that. I, I don't know what you're asserting there. But to answer Nightmare here, uh, how can we help people in poverty? There's a, a large number of ways you can do so by, first off, helping out in your community. Second off, relieving a tax burden. Um, the, people below the poverty line usually don't pay income taxes, which is fine. But, you know, those people who make minimum wage, a lot of them are still paying income taxes on their pay, which I think is ridiculous. The government doesn't need your $3,000 a year. That's... That's total horseshit. Um, and, and decreasing costs on businesses would allow people to grow more in wages, and that helps a lot. So <clears throat> my neighbor tried to attack me thinking I was trespassing. He was in my house. I didn't hurt him, and he listened to my words. No one was hurt, and we both went home. Not all things come to violence. Not all things have to come to violence. But you are the NAP is very clear about this. When your rights are violated... You get to defend them. Now, do you think that a $2 bear is worth shooting a kid over? Okay, how do you know it was just $2? All right, how, how do you know it was just a $2 bill, beer? What's the line? Do you, do you just not defend your property? Do you go chase after them? Do you, uh, what, what do you do? Do you call the cops? I mean, they'll probably die anyways. The kid was African-American. The cops would just shoot him, so... You know, oh, he's got a gun. Actually, it's a $2 beer. If it was the cops, the guy would have, and they shot him, the cop would be free. How about that? Think about it that way. <laughs> you get to defend them without using excessive force. I think given the information that he had, I might have done the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Liberty Late Night. I feared for my life, you know? <sighs> if someone comes into my store, steals shit, and runs... I don't know if I'd shoot him. I really don't know if I'd shoot him. But I have a very hard time saying that someone who did is wrong. And wrong enough to be charged for second-degree murder. Maybe manslaughter at the most. At the most, you should get manslaughter. Like, okay, you went over the line. Like, but he did violate your rights. And none of this would have happened if he didn't steal your property. So, like, is this really your fault? Hmm. Is this really your fault? So an important thing about the non-aggression principle, though, is that you have to convince your peers that what you did was appropriate. Obviously, he failed to do so. Um, because, well, you know, the idea is, is that what stops a Hapfield and McCoy style situation, that's that you have an appropriate enough justification. So if you say the kid stole my stuff and I shot him and you have a majority of people who agree that all right we're not going to lynch you over this um you know then as a community you can do that but bases don't steal from people yeah i mean it's part of growing up should he have a had a more stable upbringing would it have occurred 
I wouldn't shoot them. His face is on camera, and he's probably stupid enough to come back. Like, nothing happened. Uh, nothing in the store is worth killing someone unless they're threatening the cashier. All right, so what's the, like, mmm. Mmm. Let's make the analogy again one more time, because I want to hear your, your opinion on this. So someone, someone comes into your home, your property. Um, let's say you even invited them there, right? And then they, you see them pick up a few things and run out the door, right? Or start running to the door. And you're like, oh my god, this guy's stealing from me. You got your whatever on your hip, or it's right in front of you. Whatever situation you want to craft for this. Do you, I mean, what do you do? Do you just, you chase after them? Do you shoot them? Do you, like, whatever Richard said, shoot him in the foot, which I think is a terrible idea. If you shoot someone in the foot, you're just asking to get in so much trouble. Or do you tackle them? Do you call the cops? I already made the argument that he's probably going to die if you call the cops anyways. I had someone try to steal my bike. I confronted him. He apologized and hasn't tried to steal from me since. A store during business hours, yeah? It's considered public. Sure. Okay, so you invited this man into your front door. He's, he's now allowed on your premises. That's why I said that in this scenario. He's not trespassing on your property. You allowed him in. Also, it's not considered public. It's considered open to the public. And there's some nuance there that is extremely important, which is why... Police can't come conduct traffic violation stuff on your property, but him being killed for this thing is awful. And yes, kids do do the dumbest things. I did. I mean, I did dumb stuff as a kid too. Here, a kid stole another kid's bike. The kid confronted him and got shot and died. Yeah. I mean, you going to take that risk? Honestly? How do you know he's just a 17 year old kid? Are you that good at measuring ages? I'm not. I mean, people say I look super young compared to how old I am. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just really not. So, I mean, I, I also don't trust people farther than I can throw them. So, <laughs> I don't... Am I going to really go confront someone who just stole from me? Like, is that... You, you know, we were talking about kids doing dumb things. Are people going to... Is this something that I have to worry about? Am I going to get stabbed if I go confront this person? <laughs> am I 14? You know, this is, I didn't necessarily expect to go diving back into the nap, but this is a story, I don't know if anybody was here when I was setting up in the beginning. This is the one that I was like, ooh, that is spicy. And this is pretty much like, apparently that this is causing a lot of counter-protests in Memphis from people who say that, you know, this is like basic property rights. And, and the really crazy about this thing is, is that you have protests that say, Things like, this is the person from the BLM, Black Lives Matter movement. If we don't value black lives and believe that Dorian's life is worth far more than an allegedly stolen beer, then we're not authentically honoring my father, which... <sighs> okay, um, yeah, it sucks that the kid died. It sucks. It's terrible. Very sorry. Sucks. Don't know what to tell you. Actually, I do know what to tell you. That sucks. Very sorry that he made that decision. We need a higher minimum wage and jobs programs offering a way out. Do we need a higher minimum wage, though? Is that actually the solution? Because historically, raising the minimum wage does two things. One, it lowers employment for low age, lower wage workers. And two, over time, costs rise to meet it. Um, so when you, lower, when you raise the baseline, everything goes up. This is, this is proof. Historically speaking... You can look at this effect in Europe. You can look at this effect in the U.S. Through the last time we raised minimum wages and we were keeping more accurate data of what that recourse is. It's a band-aid fix 
to a cut jugular problem. How do you solve poverty? That didn't happen in New York or Seattle because it ha the, the effects haven't come through enough yet. And also, New York and Seattle are localized examples, right? You're talking about this isn't true. Okay, let me tell you. You're talking about examples of, of cities that are primarily based in services, right? You're, you're talking about Seattle, places like that are primarily based in services. So these are things where you don't necessarily have overhead costs that are also being driven up by your, what you are doing is you're providing the service. You can't afford rent in any state with minimum wage. I agree. Minimum wage is a very, very low bar. I 100% agree with that. I think if you're an adult with any sort of skill set, you should be paid more than that. Band-aid fix to a cut jugular is, is pretty much the best way of looking at it. And you can do it in some of these more localized areas that are based on well, see, but then if you say it needs to be raised federally across the board, your father made minimum wage and it paid your rent. My father didn't make minimum wage, but other people's did, sure. Also, a an average income family, one single income family could pay for their kids to go to, through college, their mortgage, and buy a new car in a year. I mean, like, obviously, wages are not keeping pace, and we have to figure out why that is. There's a lot of, I've talked about this in the past, there's a lot of different reasons why this is. Some of it is corporate withholdings. Um, however, what I will say is that there is, it is, it is proof, this is, this is fact, that once you nationalize a minimum wage and you start taking those minimum wage jobs from $7.25 to like 15 doubling $15 an hour on things like manufacturing, on things like agriculture, on things like products, actual products. Services are easy to increase wages on because you have low overheads and it's very easy to not see the impact of this, right? It's, it's easy for bigger businesses to accept and adopt things like this, like Amazon and places like that. They just sort of absorb the cost. But once you start talking about using or raising a minimum wage in things that are already so heavily subsidized and don't make any money because they can't come up with efficient ways to do their processes like farming, like cattle, like actually cattle's doing pretty well right now, but you know, place products, offering products, manufacturing. And you start saying like your guy who's working $9 an hour to pull a lever is now getting paid $15 an hour. And you have 30 to 40 of them on your factory floor. Mm, like that's going to directly result in an increase in that price of that product because that product is is valued and is is sold at a level to where it is is offsetting so it's it's a it's a difference between expenses versus revenue to create profits and if you want a certain profit margin and your expenses increase you have to increase revenue so you have to sell that product at a higher level so Basically, what I'm saying is, is if you offer a service and your service is already just based off of it being off of a service, you're, you're really your profit margins are huge because say you offer back massages. How much does it cost a place to give a back massage? Electricity and however much it costs them to pay that employee for 30 minutes. Okay, that's basically nothing compared to when you start looking at products where it's like, how much does it cost to make this product? We have all of these people, all these machines, all of this stuff. Less would buy and then they would lower the price. I don't think they would. I mean, Apple's selling less phones than ever, but they sell them off of like a premium now. I don't know, man. 
I don't know if that's true, though. Have you ever heard of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Yes, I've heard of Ben and Jerry. I know exactly what you're going to say, too. I just, like, there's nothing, statistically, there's nothing historically to show that what you're saying is true. People will still buy milk. When the price of milk goes up, people still buy milk. People still buy bread, even when bread is more expensive. Why does it work on ice cream and not a car? Because ice cream is a luxury. Nobody needs an ice cream. Nobody needs ice cream. Ice cream is a, is, a, is a posh expense if you're talking about low-income places. Give you a break? No, I just gave you an entire breakdown of why what you're saying isn't true. And, I mean, you can talk about Ben and Jerry's, but, like, I, I literally, like, I just broke it down. <laughs> we want ice cream, not need. And that has a huge effect on what market forces apply to it. I'm not flustered. I'm just, like, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty clearly communicating a luxury can pay above 15 an hour, but if sure. Okay. Sure. Ben and Jerry's can pay $15 an hour. Cool. All right. Great. What, what about things that are these necessities like your breads, like your milks, like your foods, like your cars, ice cream's a luxury. Sure. Okay. $15 an hour for ice cream. All right. If I, if Ben and Jerry's, you know, does their 15, if they pay $40 an hour and they want to sell $20 buckets of ice cream, that's on them. They can do that. Whatever. I don't care. Do it. I like Bluebell anyways. <laughs> um, but whenever, like, I'm not talking about mom and pop either. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Ben and Jerry's does it. Cool. They pay $40 an hour. I will still probably buy Bluebell because I prefer their ice cream. But if they want to make that premium ice cream and they want to charge their employees $40 an hour to make that perfect ice cream and you pay $60 for a container of it or $20 or whatever then sure, whatever, man, you are allowed to do that. That's fine. But what I am saying is, is that if you raise 725, right? You have 725 is what the minimum wage is. And let's pretend you're in a state that doesn't pay anything above that. 725 is your minimum wage for your state and federally. You go and, and you work at a dairy farm, for example, and you have X number of employees who have to, sp to pay X amount of money so that they can do their work. And if you're paying a dairy farmer minimum wage, you're literally robbing them at this point. I'm pretty sure the unions will not allow that to happen. But let's just play pretend, okay? Let's just play pretend. Because there are plenty of workers who are in that $10 to $12 range who in places like Houston can afford rent and can make it, but they're getting boosted to 15 And also now you have this interesting issue of where, like, $15 where I'm from is a, is a pretty decent amount of money. Like $15 an hour you can get by on and, and, and have a few fun things and have a small apartment and maybe pay for a car payment and insurance and all that stuff. Most likely, maybe not health insurance with all of that, but you know, if you cut out some of the frills, probably. And $15 an hour for like a kid is, is, is great money. I would have, I would have killed to be paid that kind of money. So if, uh, and still pays above $15 an hour and still makes a profit and they are, and they just are not greedy. So if we put something like this through, you have to think about also what that's going to do for people. Like I know people who are like managers of places who get paid like $16 an hour, 17 roughly. Um, what are you going to, I mean, are you going to, are you going to kick them? Or are you just going to keep them at like the 17 because you need to maintain profit margins because you're a business, right? And are you just going to raise everybody up to 15? 
15, 16, 17, I guess, maybe. I mean, do what, what is there like a ratio here? How do you, how do you, is you, are you really still only worth this much? Is there a competitive value between the two of you? I ran a Pizza Hut for 20 years. I love Pizza Hut. It was probably one of your big customers. <clears throat> I also would hate the idea of opening up a franchise, to be completely honest with you. Big companies write the leg legislation to drown out the smaller competition. I understand a profit and a loss. Yeah, I'm not suggesting you don't understand what profit and loss is, but sometimes you have to reframe the way you're looking at a conversation like this to, to you know, and, and the easiest way to do that is just start from square one. I don't, I don't think you're, I don't, I'm not trying to suggest that you're like dumb or something. I think this is a good conversation. I just feel like we, we have to know how to frame what we're talking about. So I usually start with the baseline and move our way up. I made so much of a money, so much money as a manager of pizza. I could have doubled everyone's wages, still been profitable. Pizza Hut is to pizza as McDonald's is to burgers. No, Domino's is to pizza as McDonald's is to burgers. Pizza Hut's bomb, and you can fight me over that. Or how about Little Caesars? Even better, um, as far as the comparison. I used to work for Shaw's, New England grocery chain. Part-timers, no matter what you did. Baggers. I made 11 an hour. I will find you. <laughs> what? I, so, yeah, I made my first job ever. I was 16, and I made $8.50 an hour operating rides at a... Uh, amusement park all year and i could get overtime if i wanted it a couple times i did worked a couple 50 hour weeks that was nice getting that time and a half um would i have liked to make ten dollars sure i was just happy to not be making minimum wage honestly uh i don't know of many people who are working minimum wage because you know 850 is not a lot of money either but Especially nowadays, it's really not a lot of money, but you know, there was a, a track to get paid more. You worked there, you became a, a supervisor and that was a raise. It was $10 and you continued to work there and you became a manager and that was $15. And then you could become one of the big managers, like one of the heads of the area. And there were people who I saw take that track. It was a thing that you could do at a very high turnover rate there. So you were able to move your way in and out of, of positions based off of, and, and they could feel free to hire and promote based off of some, a sort of pseudo egalitarian way. So it's, it's true though. I mean, there's, there are people out there still making seven twenty five. Um, I'm saying if you cannot pay your employees above min, uh, a wage, they can support themselves. You do not deserve to have a franchise of a hundred stores. What are your thoughts on waitresses? Tips are, the pay for him or her. Um, I mean, it's a service. I think, I, okay, so here's the thing. If they get rid of the different pays, I think they should still be able to be tipped. I, I like the idea of tipping because I think it's like, oh, it's almost like making a commission, but I don't think that you should be dependent on tips. It is a voluntary agreement though. It is a voluntary agreement. So the reason that most waitresses and waiters make more overall the minimum wage, unless you live in a really bad town, I guess, is the fact that this tipping is acceptable. But like, if you try to tip a cashier at Target, they cannot take your money. They they can't, especially on business hours. Like, they can be fired for that, and there's nothing they can do about it. Like, that's big no-no, right? When in my opinion, if you're an amazing human being and I want to give you $5, 
you can you can say no i don't want your five dollars but you can't say like oh no i can't that's against the law blah 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 like or against company like that, that kind of shit's horse shit so like for an example i had this idea of like starting up a spa and you would get a person you as an employee would get a percentage of of every sale basically is the way it would work out 15 percent. but if someone asked me hey you know is this you know, well then is this just going to replace tipping? And I said, no, you can, I don't have anything against tipping. If someone wants to tip them, then they can continue to tip them. This has nothing to do with between the customer and the employee. This is between me and the employee, this 15%. So that's not a fair argument. She was hired to waste an hour of her time and the company will only pay her $2 and 85 cents. And she must make the difference to minimum wage. And if not, she won't have hours. What? <laughs> I mean, like, what, 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 are you, what am I missing here? That's not a fair argument. Okay, so I was talking about how I think there... I don't think there's anything wrong with tipping ethically. There's nothing wrong with tipping ethically. And I'm not saying it's a perfect system. You can pay... I 100% believe that you can afford to pay a worker $7.25, provide good food, and let them get tips. That's not, that's not a problem to me. I, I don't, I think it's preposterous if you say you have to pay them like, what is it? $5 and something cents. Like that's sure they're, they are full of shit. But once you start talking, like we have to double their wages and then we'll just ban tips. Like I'm like, no, but I like tips, tips, tips should be, yeah, tips should be stacked on top of that. Like, I don't care how much your employer pays you. That's not why I tip. I tip the same the same percentages roughly unless they really suck or are amazing when i go to a fancy restaurant that i do when i go to olive garden i'm not saying like 10 percent at olive garden because you know they pay their people lower and so they need a lower percentage then do you tip the cook well the cook you could i could if i wanted to go back into the kitchen and tip the cook sure or why not say that? Why not say, this is for you, give this to the chef? Why not? You've tipped the cook. If it was fucking amazing, I might. I've asked to see the chef before. Well, why would I give anything to the manager? I know the manager is getting their cut. What the, what the manager should be caring about is that their people get their cut. So it is about as much as the company pays? No, I said that as a joke. I, I don't, you don't tip the cook because, first off, it's not something I've ever really even thought about. The store manager does, the shifts do not. Well, they're still managing their people. And I get that. I understand what you're, that argument you're making. Because they make minimum wage. What's, what shift managers have you seen making minimum wage? Like, maybe when you were in the, that business, they were. But I don't know of any people who are working like shift managers that are making minimum wage. I think that might be slightly anecdotal there, my friend. You tip the waiter because they don't... Oh, cooks? Cooks are making minimum wage? Mmm. At a Pizza Hut, I could see that. At a Pizza Hut, I could see that. Something like that. Maybe, maybe at an Olive Garden. But, I don't know. You start getting beyond that. Leave that place, yeah. There's plenty of other places that you can get jobs at for cooking. There was a place in, uh... I mean, granted, you know... I think the times are adapting as well. So, wage stagnation was extremely bad in the late 2000s early 2010s it was horrible and some people attribute that to the recession so they weren't giving out like cost of living adjustments or you know biannual raises which were things that people just kind of expected before that 
uh, especially during like the 90s, which is one of the strongest economies in the history of the United States of America. Like, forget what the stock prices say. We're really not in that great of an economy for jobs, honestly. We have less unemployed people, but that's not a good sign. Unemployment is, is, does not have to be a bad thing, all right? This is a, an important thing to understand about economics, is that unemployment most of the time, if you remove the retired population or the people too young to work from that pool, unemployment is most of the time transitioning between labor forces, which is what you need. You need shifting in markets. And the lower and lower the unemployment rate gets, that means two things. One, people aren't leaving their jobs, which is not very good. It leads to market stagnation. And two, it means there isn't enough flexibility in the market to facilitate that. So I know Mary's issue, even though she didn't say Pizza Hut. <laughs> Minimum wage and food service, leave that place. Voluntary unemployment is okay. Involuntary is not okay. I mean, if you get fired, that's involuntary employment. And you can think it's not okay, but there's really much of anything you can do about it. That business has a right to fire you if they think you suck or want to cut costs or something like that. Um, that sucks. I'm sorry you lost your job. Job security is an important reason to pick up a job, but it's not okay for your family. I didn't say... Like, what are we talking, again, we're talking morals versus ethics here. Like, is it, is it going to make me feel sad if I fire somebody? Sure. But like, what, okay, so am I not supposed to fire somebody who sucks at their job because, man, their family is going to be so sad? Or am I supposed to like let my business tank into the ground because I need to cut costs and I need to cut employees? I mean, okay, see, that's the perspective that I'm looking at this from. Because those are the people with the power in this conversation, right? Like, the employee is, is like, whether you, people like to admit it or not, are at the whim of their employers. That is part of signing a contract with their employers. You will let me work here. Not I have a right to work here, you know? No, you fire them and the problem is there isn't anywhere to pull yourself up from. Yeah, because we're in a shit job market right now, which is what I'm getting at, is that we we aren't creating new jobs as fast as we should. We and we can't fill some jobs as fast as we need to. But unfortunately, we have issues now where we have way more lawyers in the US than we ever needed. We have so many lawyers in the US. It's quickly becoming one of the top 10. I think it's going to be on track to be one of the top 10 highest unemployed professions. Because there are droves of people graduating law school who cannot get jobs as lawyers, even after they get their, they pass their bar. If you want to go to school to be a lawyer right now, you need to reconsider because we have lawyers for days now. And that's half the reason why being a lawyer is less profitable than it has been in a long time, too. Because they can't do things like, hey, how about... Uh, you know, you take $3,000 retainer and then I'll get to it later. You know, <laughs> I'm more worried about the 55 year old woman in the McDonald's drive through. See, when you get that old, it really is like, you're, you're pretty much too late to, to start anything. I mean, you could pick up a trade. There's nothing stopping a 55 year old woman from picking up a trade besides maybe like socio barriers, but no amount of legislation is really going to change that. That comes from the people. Um, the one that has two kids and is doing it alone, putting her kids through school. Yeah, my mom did that. It sucks. Really. It does. It's bad. It's bad feels. What's even worse is when 
you can't afford food, and then you uh, go to go get welfare, and then you can't get it because you have a car that runs because you have to go to work, right? But the family right next to you can with all of their luxuries and amenities. So I'm saying, like, if <laughs> another, yeah, don't even get me started on how broken the welfare system is. So schools suck. 90% of the time, there are better options. I'd say 50% of the time. I think college still has a place. A degree still has value. It does. But not all degrees have the extreme value that people are promised. So learn underwater welding. My dad did that for the first couple of years of his days. 100% you'll get a good job with good pay and, and uh, low student loans. Underwater welding is, yeah, that's what my dad did for a couple of years. Um, he made some pretty good money doing that and then almost died, so he quit. <laughs> no degree, welcome to minimum wage unless you luck out. That's not, that's not true, Richard. That's not. Most, most places are not paying minimum wage in any sort of healthy area. Trades are dying, sort of. They're getting better. People are getting more efficient at processes, Mary, which helps Strider just be willing to work. It isn't that easy. This... It is. It isn't that easy of of just be willing to work. I I do agree that there are barriers that's that are put in place that people have to overcome. But any barrier can be overcome. Any barrier. The fifty five year old woman working at McDonald's can pull herself out of it. But is it harder than say me to pull myself out of a situation like that? I, yeah, I I would be okay with saying that. Well, minimum wage is not living wage. Yeah, sure, it's not living wage. It's not. Why should, why does the minimum wage have to be living wage? Does it, does it have to be living wage? Like does any, I mean, this is, that's, that's just the minimum. Like you cannot pay your people below this. Does it have to be a living wage? I don't know. I've never really asked that side of the question. I've always just answered it, assuming from the position that it needs to be, but I, does it even need to be? It's for teenagers living at home. I mean, that's really like, that's, I mean, that's what I was. And I still made more money than that. We got our AC fixed the other day. I told my oldest, see this right there. College isn't the only way. HVAC people make decent money. There should be no minimum wage. See, there's an argument to that. Um, I think if we left the 725 minimum wage for forever, it pretty much wouldn't be a minimum wage at some point. Uh, with the way that inflation goes in 20 years, 725 will be like, trash compared to stuff today teenager argument is a fallacy mm, yeah there are plenty of adults making minimum wage and that's sad it really is uh it, it really is but is that their fault or is that their employer's faults that's my question a living wage where it makes a big difference yeah it is a lot easier to live off of something like eight fifty nine ten dollars an hour in houston than it is in california a hundred percent you have to raise it to a living wage and tie it with inflation locking Ooh, ooh. see the inflation locking part that sounds like punishing businesses for government that really does right there mm. i don't know about that one that seems like we're, we're getting out there a little bit honestly Mm, I have to think about that. That that needs that needs some thinking. Well, first off, I don't. I think that your employer should be responsible for you as or as. Okay, they should want to be responsible for your well-being because 
a healthier employee, healthier work. It's all better. But I work as a mechanic. $21 an hour used to be really high, but now you can... Uh, now that you can make 15 flipping burgers, why would I work my ass off when the government mandates a higher wage for lower skill? That's that's a fair point. That's what I was talking about earlier with... That's what I was talking about earlier with the whole manager thing. Is that if you put yourself in this situation to where you were paying these people $15 an hour, what do you pay your managers? Is, is, a, is a fast food manager worth $20 an hour? Is that really worth it? Honestly... Like, that just makes me want to replace you all with robots. <laughs> and so, like, okay, that's a great question, too. So, Andrew Yang is convinced that raising the minimum wage will start the automation end of end of the world, right? Um, what do you think about that, Richard? Do you think that uh, this is all going to lead to automation? Because I wasn't even thinking in that route, but I was just putting myself in that situation and thinking about having to pay... I made $27 an hour, but I wasn't, I was there for a long time. Who wants to flip burgers for a profession? To be fair, somebody has to do it, right? I mean, now they don't have to be there forever. That's true. Um, if it could, then it already would have. It already is, though. The, Korea, uh, the McDonald's in Korea has two people running it, and they're both cooks. Three on busy days. All the cashiers are all touchscreens. So... I mean, that's, compared to my average McDonald's back in the States, that's, I mean, as far as I'm aware, that's a pretty big cost-cutting reduction. So then maybe you can't afford to pay those people $15 an hour. Um, yeah. I understand that, but as soon as these companies have the chance, you will be self-checkout. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for them as a company, right? So I think it's important that, Really what we're touching on here is that you have to make yourself competitive in a market that it's being harder to be competitive. So if you've got people dropping out of school, people not pursuing trades, people just going straight to work, you need to learn how to do something. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the big takeaways from this too. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I was just kind of like thinking about this for a second. You know, it's something that you hear often, but I don't think I've ever really, like, internalized. It's, it's your responsibility as a potential employee to be as competitive as possible in the market. It is. I don't think I've ever heard... I mean, I'm sure this is an idea that's like, well, no shit, idiot. But um, I don't think I've ever said it out loud. He makes $4,000 an hour playing golf and you sweat and not make enough to pay rent anywhere in the United States. Uh, I mean, CEOs do more than play golf. I think that's... A pretty unfair thing right there so imagine being the ceo of a failing business do you think they you think they like you're the ceo of uh what's the name of that stupid place uh kmart or something okay somewhere that's getting replaced pretty quickly um or, or like sears right <laughs> you are the ceo of sears and it is your responsibility to pay your shareholders back and uh you can't make money to save your freaking life yeah, see, that's, hmm. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying, Sears. Yeah, that's, I would hate to be the CEO of Sears. Um, oh, Aaron's here. I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it can be more posh in other places, but I don't know. I, I can't, that's not for me. Mm -mm, no, 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 no. It's not for me to decide whether or not 
someone makes four thousand dollars an hour playing golf if they if they built it if they if it sustains itself for them good on them for making four thousand dollars an hour playing golf i hope to emulate that someday i want to be just like you um <laughs> how about ge going down the shitter they've been going down the shitter for so long you mean GM? Wait, are we talking GM or GE here? Those keys are on the other side of the keyboard. I don't think it was E. Or I don't think it was M. GM is also back in the shithole too, so... GE, yeah. General Electrics. Their hybrid plane engine has just fallen through completely. Uh, which is not helping. They, they thought that they were going to have their hybrid plane engine design done by like 2022. And that is not the case. It is 100% not functional. So Sears did it on purpose fleecing the company. After two decades of not making profits, yeah, of course they did. They cut everything down to their services and some appliance places, I think, are still left. But all car companies will fall to Tesla. Well, Tesla has to make money first for that to happen. Um, and I don't... Mm, uh, you talk about monoliths like Honda and Toyota falling apart. Like, I don't see it happening. Teslas are prohibitively expensive right now, too. And it'll be another... It'll be another company that... <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty intimately aware of, of Tesla's financial standings. And they, they, have, they are trying very hard to stay in the green. I think 2019 was the first year that they consistently had more than a couple months it's it's a it's a tough business that they're running and they also still get a shit ton of government subsidies which does kind of piss me off but um what's going to happen is is that they will continue to develop their technology and continue to deliver forefront electric vehicles i'd love a, a tesla i think tesla model s's are super cool i would love a tesla roadster also but what i think is important is to note that they are opening up a niche that can be filled by these other companies, which is the economy electric car. The Prius isn't going anywhere, obviously. The hybrid hybrids are going to be around for a minute. Uh, they they will keep on ticking. Ooh, 12K for a car. See, I'd pay, I'd pay a lot of money for a car if it was worth it. I'm weird like that, though. But yeah, so you can get a used Prius for 12K if you want to save on gas and be eco-friendly and whatnot. And, and they're better than nothing, you know, obviously. They consume less gas, produce less emissions. They're better. They own 4% of the market and continuously grow. That's great. That's awesome that they own 4% of the market. But I'm telling you, when you look at these, like the Japanese conglomerate that is the Toyota, Yamaha, Honda, Acura, well, technically that's a North America brand, but, you know, Mitsubishi monolith that is their hold on that that side of the planet you know maybe four percent of the u.s market but i four percent of the global automotive market is that is that what you, or is it just the u.s <laughs> tesla has already won what you know is based off of other companies fighting it and that's good i'm glad that tesla is sparking competition inside of inside of electric electric car manufacturing but Strider, I don't, I don't know if that's true anymore, especially after they changed up the battery manufacturing, but I could be mistaken on that. Every day that they fight the Tesla, the oil companies make $10 billion, they spend $5 billion a year fighting. $10 billion a day. I was like, yeah, $10 billion a year? <laughs> I'm not saying that Tesla is a bad company. I just think that it's in a strange place right now as a business. 
it's in a strange place. Also, with like imports and stuff like that, it's difficult to get them. It, it is. It is right now. It is a niche luxury item. It is a it is a playground for. Oh, Tesla cars will go up in value. Now that's another claim and a half. That's essentially saying that Tesla's or some other company or anybody won't come out with improvements that will make these cars obsolete because I find that super hard to believe. Battery technologies will continue to get better. Recharging abilities will continue to get better. Electric cars are going to become more available. Spots to charge them are going to be more available. Watch an episode of Now You Know. I I think I'm a little little more intimate to the goings on of the electric car market than a Now You Know episode. I'd like to think so, anyways. Maybe that's boisterous of me to say that, but Tesla is laying superchargers everywhere. Yeah, they're trying to make it more easy to use, more convenient, instead of just like I can charge at my home and that's it. You know, they want them to be. It does not sound like it to me. No offense. Well, I think you might be overselling. You're under, just a little bit, dude. I'm not gonna lie. You might be overselling a little bit because there isn't much. <laughs> you're you're making an assumption that Tesla is just going to run away for forever. That their cars, which are based on pretty much generation two electrical car technology, is going to so, like increase in value more than for nostalgia's sake. I don't I have a really hard time believing that. This is still just the beginning of electric cars. Like that's like saying like this Model T Ford. Like yes, it will inevitably increase in value, but in the 1930s Model Ts weren't worth shit. Well, 40s. Model Ts weren't worth shit. They were just getting thrown around everywhere because there were a billion of them and they were all just like early technology. But when they came out, and if you kept one for 100 and whatever years, sure, yeah, they'd be worth crap tons of money. But that's, you know, that's not the point. It will be able to make you money. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, mm, I don't know about that one, man. I mean, that's fine if you. I'm, I, that's fine. I, I'm not. I don't really feel like debating that, but I. I just don't. I'm not seeing it. Is basically what I'm saying. You better sales pitch. <laughs> Tits and tires or net losses. <laughs> Unless you buy something like a, uh, a very old Bugatti. And then it just it continuously increases in price because there's like four of them and everybody wants it. The car has autopilot and when you get home, you will say, go fetch a rider. Oh, that's what you're trying to say. Your car will Uber itself. Yeah, well, good luck letting the same government that's fighting for minimum wage laws let you have free taxi services or like $2 an hour taxi services. Good luck with that, my dude. <laughs> Think about how you'd be undercutting the transportation industry and the yellow cabs with that. Think about it. You heartless monster unemploying these hard workers with your automatic driving cars. It's all automated soon anyways. There we go. The inevitability of it all, right? We're all going to die anyways. Why pay anyone anything? I'm just kidding. I'm being facetious now. I'm, I'm pretty much ready to wrap up here, but just like Yang says... Gotta get those Yang bucks, my dude. Let me see if I missed anything before I start wrapping up here. I had fun. Good debate. Yeah, I think it, I think it was fun. I just, I'll be honest, man. Like I, that, you, you're starting to lose me a little bit at the end there talking about Tesla. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you, but it was fun. I enjoyed it, and no hard feelings either way. Time will show you. I guess so, man. We'll see if the market shows you. <laughs> 
But I think that's it. Honestly, though, I I really need to go. I I have to go get lunch, and then do other things. So <laughs> they are the best company to invest in. I do think they have a great future. I really do. You keep acting like they lose money. They're not as bad as they were to begin with. But if you took away government subsidies and their single holdings on patents and research and stuff like that, which will inevitably fade, they are not exactly in the most amazing situation. There's a reason that that there's a reason that Tesla is they invest their profits. So does Amazon, but nobody's saying Amazon's in a horrible situation. So, and they should be investing their profit. They're in an R and D based industries. If you took oil subsidies, I'm not no subsidies in my opinion, zero subsidies. There shouldn't be oil subsidies either. There shouldn't be education subsidies. These are all things that stagnate the market. The only reason general motors exists right now is because of that. They get jacked for subsidies. Ah, okay. It was fantastic talking to you guys. I hope you all continue to have a fantastic rest of your day. Unless anybody has anything last things before we go. But they also do SpaceX and Boring Co. And I love SpaceX from the bottom of my heart. I love Elon Musk. He's an amazing human being. No, Liberty Late Night. I'm not going to stay. I'm really not. 10 hours. No, we're not doing another one of those. You guys will leave me if I do another one of those. And if I do another one of those, it's going to have to be on like a Saturday or something so that I can drink while I do it. Um, <laughs> huh. Maybe, you know what? Before I come back home, we'll do another 10-hour stream. But someone has to be here with me for 10 hours. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back once again in post. I just wanted to go ahead and say that uh, I'm sorry for not doing a proper intro and then I had to come back to recording this after the fact. But if you guys did enjoy the show, make sure that you check us out on Facebook and YouTube, which are the two primary ways of making sure that you're staying up to date with what's going on in the show. Please go to YouTube and subscribe and hit the bell icon. If you're listening to this in the podcast form, which if you're hearing this, you obviously are, make sure you go ahead and subscribe and uh, leave a review, please. Uh, by all means, I would seriously appreciate it. It really helps getting the show out there to other people. And we are available on all sorts of other platforms if you prefer them, like Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So don't feel like you just have to be bound to one particular platform or content provider. One last thing I want to bring up is that we do have a Patreon. If you'd like to support the show for as little as a dollar a month, you can go ahead and do that over at the Liberty After Dark Patreon. So if you guys feel like shooting a dollar my way, I 100% appreciate it. It helps uh, support the content in the future. And I think that's all I've got for you guys. So until next time, take it easy.